Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Misconduct. I'm Eileen, and joining me as always is Colleen. How you doing, Colleen? I'm good. I'm doing okay. Catching up on some day job stuff, but nothing too exciting. How are you? I'm good. You know, same busy days after our long weekend in Kansas City, but it was amazing over there. Yeah, as you guys probably know, we got back from the Gen Y meetup on Monday night. Uh, So this episode ended up being late because we already scheduled ourselves pretty tight and we ran into some technical issues. So we are sorry about the delay, but next week's will be on time. The meetup was so fun, though. A lot of people came and everybody was so nice. And we hung out with the Gen Y guys, Charlie from Insight, Lainey from True Crime Fan Club and Haley from Murder Road Trip. And then Esther from Once Upon a Crime even made a surprise appearance. And we didn't even know she was going to be there until she walked in. I know. It was so awesome. And it was totally fun. And I wanted to say a huge thank you to Aaron and Justin from Generation Y for, you know, having us at the meetup and having us come up and say a few words and, you know, just hanging out afterwards. They're really the nicest guys, honestly. They really are. But now let's get into today's case. Jacob Ryan Evans was 17 years old when he shot his mother and younger sister dead in their home in an affluent Texas suburb. Those who knew the family and knew the teen were shocked at the events because these actions didn't fit in with the Jacob they thought they knew. Today, we will go through what we know about the crime. However, this case is just another example of how sometimes there is no making sense of motive. Jacob Ryan Evans was born on May 22, 1995, and raised in Alito, Texas. He's the third of four children, born to Daryl and Jamie Evans. He has three sisters, Emily, Audrey Elise, and Mallory. Alito, Texas is an affluent town in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Arlington metropolitan area. It is in the metropolitan area, but definitely has a small town country feel. His family lived on a two-acre piece of land in a gated community. His dad worked as a businessman, and his mom was a teacher and assistant principal. Classmates who knew Jake described him as nice, but extremely shy and kept to himself. Jacob, or Jake, as he was known to his family and friends, had attended Alito High School until January of 2012, but that's when he was pulled out of school and began homeschooling. He joined his younger 15-year-old sister, Mallory, who had been homeschooling for the past two years. Mallory was described by family and friends as a typical teenage girl. She liked sports, singing, dancing. They said she was the life of the party and always wanted to make people laugh. On the evening of Thursday, October 4th, 2012, 17-year-old Jake Evans was at home after an appointment with his allergist. He was at home with his mother and sister Mallory, and his father was out of town on a business trip, and his other sisters were not at the home either. After his allergist appointment, he played golf in his yard and watched the 2007 Rob Zombie remake of the classic horror movie Halloween. 
In the movie, 10-year-old Michael Myers kills his older sister, his sister's boyfriend, and his mother's boyfriend. According to Jake, he had been watching the movie several times leading up to the murders. In his written statement, Jake said he had watched Halloween three times in the week of the murder. In addition to watching movies and playing golf, Jake said he also spent a significant amount of time contemplating murdering his mom and his sister. The exact events of the crime are only known to Jake, but according to his written statement, it went as follows. He said he was amazed at how at ease Michael Myers' character in Halloween was when he was killing his family members. He then said he wondered if he would be as at ease when he killed someone. He said when he finished watching the movie that time, he put it in its case and threw it away because he didn't want anyone to assume he was influenced by the movie to commit this crime. Then he went outside and hit golf balls for an hour before returning inside at 5.30 p.m., He said after he went back inside, he sat around and thought about how he was going to kill his family. His plan was to start with his mom and his sister Mallory, who were both in the house with him. Then he wanted to go across the street to his grandparents' house and kill his grandparents and his older sister Emily. He planned to wait until morning to kill his other sister who was home visiting from college. He sat on the couch from 5.30 until 6 or 6.30 when his grandmother called and asked if he wanted to go to the cleaners with her. He decided to go with her, and he also got dinner and went to the post office before being dropped off at home. Then Jake watched Family Guy in the pool house and went into his main house and saw his mom and sister watching the presidential debate. He went upstairs to watch more Family Guy, and shortly after 9 p.m., his sister Mallory came upstairs and asked if he wanted to watch a movie. The next part is a little interesting because of how he recounts the events that took place that day between him and his sister. He said he told her no to the movie because when they were at his allergist appointment earlier that afternoon, he said Mallory made a racist comment. Jake says that Mallory saw a black man working on the landscaping outside of the allergist and said, ha, that black guy looks like a monkey. He went on to say that Mallory made racist comments like that a lot and would also make fun of homeless people. He said that he told her that the comment was wrong and he, quote, scolded her for acting like white trash, unquote. They continued to argue in the doctor's office, and when they got back to the car, he says he told her to Google, quote, lynching and see how she felt about that. According to Jake, his sister replied that she would never be a part of lynching, but was still racist, to which Jake replied that she, quote, makes him sick and called her a racist bitch. So these statements are unequivocally racist. And like we mentioned before, only he knows the actual events of that day. But nothing I could find on him, you know, his past or whatever, indicates that he feels particularly strongly about issues of inequality or racism. However, I do think it's good to call out people you know, even if they're your family members, for being racist. But just a side note, I don't know if that's true or if that's just something he said after the fact. But Mm -hmm. back to his version of the events. He said after he turned Mallory down for a movie, she went into her room and then he went into his parents' closet and found his dad's knife. He returned upstairs with a knife and paced back and forth while picturing himself killing Mallory. We will read the next portion verbatim as he wrote it. Uh, What he said was while he was pacing with the knife, quote, thoughts of causing her pain kept entering my mind and they were really bothering me. But then I would think about the time she hurt my feelings or really pissed me off. At 930, Jake knocked on Mallory's bedroom door and asked her to watch a movie with him. And she said yes. 
They watched the movie together. Then he told her he was going into the art room where he sat for 30 minutes and said while he was sitting there, he was picturing killing Mallory. He returned to the room where they were watching the movie and sat for five minutes with a knife in his pocket before suddenly throwing a pillow at her. They had a pillow fight for several minutes, and it was after that that he decided if he was going to kill his mom and his sister that he did not want them to feel any pain. Since he didn't want them to feel pain, he decided that he wanted to kill them with a twenty-two revolver rather than a knife. According to Jake, this twenty-two revolver was stolen from his grandfather. He told Mallory he was going downstairs and he passed by the study where he saw his mom working. He went back to his room and took the stolen gun out of his closet. He spent the next hour nervously playing with the gun and thought a lot about how his life would never be the same after he killed his mom and sister. He also said he thought about how he would never see them again after he killed them. At 11.15, he went to his sister's door, gun in hand, and knocked saying through the closed door that their mom needed to talk to her. She opened the door and saw him pointing the gun at her. She thought he was joking and said he was scaring her. She turned away from him and he shot her in the back of the head. He ran downstairs to the study and shot his mom three times. And then he ran back upstairs to his room and was screaming at the top of his lungs that he, quote, really messed up. He said he emptied the rounds into his bed and heard a noise coming from the hallway. He realized that Mallory was still alive. He reloaded the gun and went to where she was lying and shouted that he was sorry and shot her again to make sure she was dead. Then he went downstairs and shot his mom again to make sure she was dead as well. He left the house, walked around outside for several minutes before coming back inside. At this point, he described himself as being very shocked and scared at his actions. He placed the gun on the kitchen counter and walked to the living room to dial 911. He finished his statement with the following paragraph. When I look at people, especially teenagers, I see them as being very cruel to one another emotionally. It seems that their favorite hobby is picking on someone else. The people who are racist, bullies, and who are full of themselves are really the evil ones. And it amazes me that those qualities are extremely common today. I was very sad because I felt like my own family were becoming the people I hate. I know now, though, that I am done with killing... It's the most dreadful and terrifying thing I'll ever experience, and what happened last night will haunt me forever. So just kind of like my thoughts on the statement, I think that a lot of it reads to me like he feels like he didn't have control over what he was doing, almost like he was recounting what he did, but it was almost like he was saying, like, as if he was describing what somebody else did, almost Mm -hmm. like he's almost a little bit separate from it. That's just how it reads to me. Almost like he wanted to kill them, but he didn't want them to feel pain. But as soon as he did it, he knew it was a mistake and felt like he messed up. Also, he seemed to focus a lot at the end of the statement about how terrible this was for him. It seemed like as soon as his mom and his sister were dead, they were gone. And then now he's, you know, somehow stuck to live with this experience forever. Right. And I don't know, I kind of felt like his mentality was almost like of, I don't know if you you know, those killers that are like, oh, this world is full of evil and dirty and I must, you know, get rid of all these evil people. It's kind of like that. He was saying that, but with, you know, people are so mean to each other and, and racist and all this stuff. And uh, But for him, it's like the attitudes of how people treat one another, which is ironic because then he killed them and that's hurting someone. So I just kind of, the logic is a little odd to me. So, you know, I don't know. It's interesting set of principles, but at the same time, he almost draws some sympathy for himself at the end. Very almost. I don't feel sorry for him. Don't get me wrong. But kind of how he's like, oh, now I have to live with this forever. But then it's like, well, yeah, unfortunately, your mom and sister are now dead, though. So 
And you are the one that caused it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. The 911 call in this case is also pretty notable. We'll play it for you now. And I know for us, his flat affect is what's kind of most unsettling. He had just committed this terrible crime and he sounds completely flat while explaining to the 911 operator what happened. Now, the total call is 24 minutes and we'll link the full audio on our website. We significantly cut down what we played for this episode, but if you're interested in listening to the whole thing in its entirety, you can check it out online. Monster County 911, where is your emergency? Uh, my house. What's the address? 152 River Creek Lane. Okay, what's the emergency? Uh, I just killed my mom and my sister. What? I just killed my mom and my sister. You just killed your mother and your sister? How did you do that? Uh, I shot him with a uh, 22 revolver. And what is your name? Jake Evans. Jay Evans? Jake Evans. Are you sure they're dead? Yes. Okay. I want you to stay on the phone with me, okay? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Hold on just a minute. Where is the gun? Uh, it's on the kitchen counter. Okay. It's a 22? Yes. Okay. Hold on. Jake, hold on. Stay on the line with me, okay? All right. Jake? Yes? Are you on any kind of medication? No. Well, I, uh, I've been going to the allergist a lot lately. Yeah. My mom. But no, nothing other than that. Okay, how old are you? 17. You don't take any other kind of medication? I mean, other than like Zyrtec and like Advil and, you know, like Sudafed and stuff like that, you know, for allergies and headaches, but no. Okay, do you, um, is there any reason that you were so angry at your mother and your sister? Uh, I don't know, I, uh, I wasn't, it's weird, I wasn't even really angry with them, it just kind of happened, I've been kind of, uh, planning on, uh, killing for a while now. The, the two of them, or just anybody? Pretty much anybody. Why? Mm, I don't know. I, uh, I, I don't really like uh, people's uh, kind of attitude. 
Right. I think they kind of, they're very, uh, like, you know, emotional, I don't know, verbally rude to each other and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, and I don't know. It, it's okay. It's just my family, I don't know, they're just kind of really, I, I guess this is really selfish to say, but to me, they, I felt like they were just suffocating me in a way. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think I... Obviously, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I guess, evil, but uh, that's, uh, whatever. Okay. Sorry. Are, no, don't be sorry. It's all right. I'm listening. Okay, you have my undivided attention. Uh, were your mom and sister in their beds? No. Uh, uh, this, this is really going to mess me up for the, you know, in the future. Uh, See, my sister, I told my sister that my mom needed her. Mm-hmm. She was in her room, and she came out of her room, and uh, I I shot her, and she rolled down the stairs, and I shot her again. And then I went down, and I shot my mom about maybe three or four times, but I'll never forget this. Uh, okay, that's fine. My, my uh, sister... She, she came down the stairs and she was screaming and I was telling her that I'm sorry but to just hold still mm-hmm. that you know I was just gonna make it go away you know but she just kept on freaking out but finally she fell down and I shot her in the head about probably three times so they're both downstairs uh yes Okay, where are you? In the kitchen. Okay. You're not sitting by the gun, are you? No, it's about like uh, 10 or 15 feet away from me. 
Um, That's all right. Where's your dad? He's out of town. Do you know where he is? Out of town? Washington, D.C. Okay. And, uh, to, for, I guess, future reference, I don't really want to see any of my family members, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like it and visiting or whatever. I, I don't know how it works or anything, but I I just don't want any type of visitors. I don't want to see. Okay. Where do you go to school, Jake? Uh, well, I used to go to Leo High School, mm-hmm. but now, now I'm kind of being homeschooled. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just um, you and your sister and your mom and dad in the house live well, there? Well, no, my dad's out of town. Well, yeah, but normally it's just your mom and your oh. sister and your dad and you. Yeah, and my grandpa and grandma, they live across the street. And my my oldest sister, she lives with my grandparents, and uh, I have another sister, uh, and she's out in college. She was going to come out to visit us tomorrow. Uh. Okay. You don't want to hurt yourself, do you? Freaked out about guns now. Oh, sure. But you don't want to hurt yourself. Uh, I don't know. I I definitely, you know, I I assure you, I definitely don't like myself, you know. I, but I'm just so freaked out by guns now. And just to let you know, like, I I I I, I hate the feeling of killing someone. I, you know, uh, it. <clears throat> I'm gonna be messed up. There there are people that will help you. Well, you just take a deep breath. We have deputies coming, and they're going to help you. We're here to help you, too, okay? Um, We're going to help you. We're not going to hurt you. Right. I understand if y'all want to, you know. No, we're not going to hurt you. We're there to help you, Jake. All right. All right, that's the everybody thinks that you know we want to do bad things, but we don't. We want to help people. Right or wrong, we want to help people. And we're going to help you. Okay. Do you understand that? Yeah. We're also here to help. Okay. Jake, where is the kitchen in the house? Is it the back of the house? Yeah, kind of to the back, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
um, we're talking with our sergeant now. He's almost at your house. But we'll probably what I'll probably ask you to do, Jake, is when he get there, is turn your porch light on. Okay. Okay. And what he'll probably do is ask you to come out. Okay. 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 So you'll be all right. You're going to be all right. Okay? All right. I'm going to stay on the phone with you, though, and talk with you. That's okay. And you can talk to me. I'll listen. Is there anything you want to talk about? No, not really. Okay. What's your grandfather's or grandparents' last name? Stevens. Stevens? With a V or a PH? What's that? Stevens. S T A V E N S. Okay. Okay. What's your grandpa's first name? Jim. Jim. And grandma? Uh, Diane. Diane. Do you, is it a gated community? Is there a gate? Uh, yes. Uh, do you want the password? Yes, please. Wrong radio. Okay, do you have a driver's license? No. No, no driver's license? What's your date of birth, honey? Uh, 1995. Month? Uh, May. May and the date? May 22nd. May 22nd, 1995? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, his reaction in the 911 call, I'm personally torn between him being in shock and him not having an emotional reaction because he's, like, incapable of it at the moment. Yeah, I don't want to get into diagnosing people because we've never met him and I'm not qualified to do that. But I do think it could is definitely one of the two. Yeah, it's hard to know. Uh, but for me, he just seems so flat and a matter of fact. And honestly, kind of also just this was just my kind of feelings while watching it kind of helpful. Like he wanted to make sure he was ready for when the police came almost, you know, it's just but um, and again, I'm just kind of going through sort of what I was thinking and feeling watching this. What I what always interests me when I hear these kind of 911 calls, you know, when people call and say, hey, I killed you know somebody, is it dispatchers. It's so interesting to hear how they handle that call. Not only do you have, like, you have to have nerves of steel and be able to think so quickly on your feet, you know, you, they have to make sure that they get this information and the officers are safe. And you kind of have to play like their friend a bit. Like, you kind of hear her going, oh, we're here for you. Um, so, you know, you need to get them to talk. And how hard would that be? I mean, this person just said, hey, I just killed my mother and sister and you're having to be nice to them and get them to talk. So uh, I don't know. Those are sort of my thinking and thoughts, a sort of stream of consciousness while I was listening to it. I'm just always impressed though. Kind of the flip side. Yes, he was weird and deadpan. It was kind of very disconcerting hearing him, but just the 911 operators in these instances, she was just so good. She got the info and she was able to, you know, keep him talking and cooperative. It's just impressive to me. After the call, Jake is arrested by Parker County Sheriffs without incident and taken into custody. 
He was initially charged with one count of capital murder and two counts of murder and held on $750,000 bond. His dad, who had been out of town when the murders happened, declined to pay the bond. There are nine qualifying instances that can turn a crime in Texas into a capital crime, and prosecutors can pursue the death penalty in capital crime cases, but they're not required to. This crime fits in with the seventh on the list, which states that the person murders more than one person during the same criminal transaction or during different criminal transactions, but the murders are committed pursuant to the same scheme or course of conduct. Because he was 17 at the time of the murder, he was to be tried as an adult. The Supreme Court ruled that death sentences could not be handed down to defendants 17 and younger, and they can't be given life in prison without parole either. So this would put Jake's sentencing in limbo because the options for sentencing a Texas capital murder case are either life in prison without parole or death. After Jake was arrested, a motion was filed to evaluate his competency to stand trial. He was evaluated by two psychiatrists who declared him mentally unfit. He was then sent to a state medical hospital to receive treatment and periodically re-evaluated for competency to stand trial. Two years after he was ruled incompetent, he was finally given the okay to go to court. He was offered a plea of 45 years for two counts of murder and the sentence would run concurrently. His family wrote a letter of support for the plea offer and Jenks' intention to plead guilty. They also noted that they would support a sentence with less time if it were available. They also said they were glad to avoid a lengthy capital murder trial. With this plea bargain, they were able to avoid the pain of reliving this tragedy all over again. Jake was given time served for the two years he waited for trial. He will need to serve at least half of his sentence before he is eligible for parole. And he is currently 22 years old and will be in his 40s before he's eligible for parole. He is currently incarcerated at the Lewis Unit in Woodville, Texas. So for final thoughts, this case was kind of, you know, stuck out to me because the 911 call in the written statement, and you know, in my unqualified opinion, I believe he's mentally ill. I don't have any idea as to the diagnosis or anything, but from all accounts, these murders seem to be pretty out of the blue. Normally, we don't play a long audio clip, but I think this statement paired with the 911 call gives you a better idea of his state of mind at the time of the murders. I don't think there's a clear motive in this case. I know he mentioned the racist comments he said Mallory made and that sometimes she and his family members hurt his feelings. The events of the day don't seem like a situation that amounts to, you know, necessarily like a crime of passion. Like he was, he got so mad that he snapped or anything. It also doesn't seem like he planned this out particularly well. So I don't know how much premeditation there was. This is one of those cases that I think probably won't have any answers. Yeah, totally. And this case, very interesting. His reaction for me or lack thereof on that 911 call just really got me. Like I said, it's almost like he's trying to be helpful and he's just deadpan. Like, hey, I, I killed my sister and mother. And it's it, their whole conversation is just really calm and collected, but eerie at the same time. I don't think we'll get any answers either. I think he was and still probably does think those thoughts about how people treat each other. And, you know, maybe that just like kind of festers inside of him. But yeah, I guess like you said, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever really get any answers on this case. But that wraps us up for this week's episode. But before we go, we have a couple of five-star reviews to thank. We want to say thank you to B. Bradshaw and Jeff and Liz for taking the time to leave us a review. If you're liking the show and want to leave a review, head on over to Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from you guys. 
We also have a Patreon we want to say thank you to. Thank you to Kimberly for your generosity. Our patrons help support the show so we can keep putting out content for you each week. If you're interested in checking out our Patreon and seeing what merch we have available, head over to patreon.com forward slash misconduct podcast. Also, make sure you hang around until the end of the episode to hear a word from our weekly podcast recommendation, Yours and Murder. And that wraps us up for another episode of Misconduct. Thank you so much for joining us. Head on over to our Facebook group to discuss this week's case. If you're not already a member, join and one of our mods will add you ASAP. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on the cases. Hop on over and let us know what you think of today's case. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MisconductPod. And we want to give a huge shout out to the Blank Tapes for our intro and outro music. Be sure to check them out on Bandcamp to listen to more of their music. If you have a case suggestion, let us know about it. You can email us at misconductpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're the hosts of a new true crime podcast called Yours and Murder. We put out a new episode every week. We switch between covering true crime cases together and analyzing true crimes in our minisodes. We take turns on the minisodes, focusing on our unique perspectives. I have a degree in forensic science. And I have one in journalism. So we're able to go beyond Wikipedia and dive into the facts of the case. We look at the forensic evidence and the spin put on cases by the media. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and like us on Facebook for an update on Today in True Crime History. As always, we are Yours in Murder. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.